Yo, welcome to the Hype Geek Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about how gaming influences culture. My name is Rustin Sotoday, and I'm joined here by my co-founder, Cad Lou. What's up, guys? We are back. Season two, baby. Season two. Holy shit. It wow. felt like, I feel like I'm going to be rusty in this podcast. Hmm. I just, I don't know. I feel like we haven't been in front of this mic. I quite literally had to dust these mics off as I pulled it really? from the corner of my room to set it up on this table today. <laughs> right yeah. something like that something like that <laughs> <laughs> when you said rusty i thought you meant like me and i was like interesting let me hear more <laughs> no yeah no i i feel like this is such a new concept again because if you guys didn't know we had an entire season one if you guys want to check that out mm-hmm. all like 46 episodes 46 or something episodes. like that that we did all of 2019 like men and we took kind of a longish break this is now the end of january we took a break at the end of december mm-hmm. so we had a whole month and we're not going to tell you exactly we usually do like a weekend recap we're not gonna give you everything that we did in the entire holiday season it'll yeah. take too long but too long. uh one of the big things we want to talk about is something that is kind of true to our hearts as as rustin being an la native and me now living in la uh some saddening news that happened that we kind of just wanted to uh, briefly bring to light and how it influences our lives as of today yeah um what kyle's talking about is kobe bryant uh passed on sunday afternoon with his daughter gianna and there were seven other people in the helicopter crash Mm -hmm. and uh before we started this podcast i basically we decided that we wanted to kind of pay tribute to someone who has impacted our lives tremendously and and many others and we thought that you know given the platforms that we have we'd like to immortalize him um considering the impact that he's had so you know Growing up my whole life, uh, you know, there's a couple people that I looked to and modeled my game after, right? Not talking about basketball, but just like my mindset, the way I approach my life. Uh, Kobe was top of that list, honestly. Honest to God, he was top three people who uh, I built essentially my entire life around um, my work ethic and how I dedicated myself to my craft. And, um, I'm sure that this is the case for so many other people. Um, and I think that, you know, a hallmark of someone being great or legendary is not what they've accomplished themselves individually, but their ability to motivate and inspire others to accomplish great things as well. And Kobe is an icon of that. He exemplifies that. Um, it was always, you know, in any situation, what would Kobe do? And it still will be. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant, and uh, seven other fam- uh, seven other members that passed away on Sunday. Love you, Kobe. Thank you. Yeah, no, very well said. And with that being said, we're just gonna roll the intro and get right into the podcast. Keep the mama mentality alive. Exactly. That's the one thing we do. Keep the legacy in every aspect of your life, whether it's your career, your relationships, your family. He was a big family man, and I think that we should all look to everything that he's done and try and model ourselves after that. Yep. All right, roll the intro song. And while we're back, look, a lot of shit happened. And we're your source for all that shit that happened. Season two is going to be fucking epic, all right? Mm -hmm. Look, you know, 
we like to pride ourselves not only on the fact that we provide some of the greatest coverage in the esports podcast space, considering we're like one of three esports podcasts that exists, but also our perspective on these things. Being young entrepreneurs in this space, we get a lot of different perspectives that most people covering these topics because, wouldn't get. Yeah, we get to do cool shit. That's why. Like most recently, last week, you went to the launch of the CDL, the Call of Duty League, mm-hmm. which we talked so much of in season one. Yeah. We were. We talked shit. We honestly. were talking a lot of shit. But I'm now ready to you back that shit up. Yeah, now you being there, I'll give me your experience. I didn't, I didn't get to go. I didn't get to go. I was back for Vietnamese New Year's slash Lunar New Year's. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year's to all you Happy New Year Asian fellows out there. But what about you? Like, how was CDL Minnesota? Tell me all about it. Okay, so what I will say is that there was some criticism around like the venue, and they had like this area underneath the venue called the garage, which was basically like an underground but outdoor parking lot. And there were tweets saying like, oh my God, what a shitty venue. It's freezing cold out here and all this stuff. So I went to go check it out myself and it was completely warm. It was pretty cool. Like, what was not, it? Not like temperature wise cool. Like they it was like, cool. They had like setups there? Yeah, they no? had set. It was like the, the amateur sections. Gotcha. Of Call of Duty, like the know? open bracket. Yeah, of course. Whatever, yeah. yeah. So that's where people were competing. They had some activations. Um, it smelled like gamer down there. It really oh. did. Yeah. Just goes to show, man. That's what separates the amateurs and the pros. They smell like gamer. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it wasn't as bad as what they said. They had, like, an arcade area, so it was cool. Like, Minnesota was, you know, repping. The venue itself was dope. It's called the Armory. It's like a concert hall. From the outside, it looks very unassuming, but then you go in, and it's, it's like, this epic place. Yeah. And so it really, like, showed that Minnesota was serious about esports because they had a serious venue. Yeah, Call of Duty is always good at being able to plug into any venue pretty much like even cod champs just plugging into ucla but yeah. still making it look very cod like yeah branding it all very nicely putting all the banners up really makes you feel like you're in a different world so yeah that's cool. it was dope um what i will say though is that just as we suspected there weren't that many people there mm. um yeah i thought it was a tournament but it was just league play it was just league play so that kind of so, makes sense yeah so you're not there to see a winner you're just there to, there to see some cool gameplay and some cool people right but people bought those tickets back when it was supposed to be like the old format really so on december 24th yeah so on december 24th we didn't get to cover this because we were in between seasons but um call of duty announced that they're changing the format of the league from like every weekend teams are traveling to compete at home and away venues to the old style of format where there's league play Mm. so a bunch of teams come to one area they play there and then they get points and then at the end of the season your points allow you to be in a position to play at like the championship so it's just like what the cwl was the only difference is that the venues are playing at are the home venues of some of the teams on the list yeah the reason they did this is because they didn't sell enough tickets that's what i'm thinking too yeah and that was our biggest fear right it was mm-hmm. like how are they going to sustain something every single like way more often than a cwl is yeah who the hell is flying all the way to minnesota to watch yeah People play Call of Duty. Like, who the hell Sorry. is even in Minnesota that plays Call of Duty? Yeah, yeah. Population, like, three people that play Call of but Duty. But there were very, like, strong, feverish fans for the Minnesota team. Yeah, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk showed mm-hmm. up. Gary V was there. Hex was there. Michael B. Jordan and a bunch of other people were supposed to play in a Call of Duty event. But uh, Kobe's passing. They decided to not do the event anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so everything most of our fears about the call of duty league were confirmed to be true which is that most people aren't showing up to this um so it'll be interesting to see what the team owners are going to feel like after seeing vods of this event and like most of the seats aren't sold out but 
when it came down to the new optic which is the optic gaming la team so for those of you that don't know optic gaming was like the real madrid or the call of duty the real madrid plus barcelona of the call of duty scene. yeah i was gonna say you got can't yes take out barca out of that yeah and so then in the new call of duty league the la team bought the rights to the optic name so then the la team became the optic team mm -hmm. but then the people who were on the optic team went to the chicago team some some of them, some of them. The, they, all, they all split up there yeah. are still two optic players from the previous season who are still on right. LA optic but it's like it's like you got messy on the new on the chicago team that's not called optic mm. and then you have like neymar or neymar's too big but like a smaller name barcelona star on the old optic team mm -hmm. that's in la who are you gonna root for you're gonna root for messi yeah, not yeah. the random barcelona yeah. star because he was on barcelona so it was new optic versus uh old optic and the crowd was going crazy and the chicago team which is the old optic mm -hmm. they're ruthless they yeah. were the best they were one of the best teams there mm -hmm. as well as phase phase was super Atlanta good phase yeah. yeah um i got to stay with uh the new york team uh, i got to be in like the players lounge and everything that was pretty cool did you stay at dylan lamar's place uh-huh really yeah, yeah how's their apartment it was, oh no no it's not in new york it's in minnesota so oh shit yeah you're right i'm so dumb yeah I, thought I was there um so it's interesting because like everyone takes this very seriously not to say that we didn't expect that but it was cool to confirm that everyone is very serious um they're like doing team tactics and just me sitting there listening in on their team meetings and then the next day seeing everything that they said happening or not happening was incredible because it gave me a whole new understanding of the game and like how players interact with each other chemistry is very important mm -hmm. so it was cool but every to, in summary it was cool but everything we thought about the call of duty league was confirmed we'll see as time goes by whether they can boost engagement and boost the crowds partially because it was in minnesota that it could have been the reason why there weren't yeah. that many people there cool yeah. that sounds really fun yeah i gotta go to the next one but again it is a little too early to tell hopefully we're wrong because i really want this to work out yeah again like they they gathered so much revenue from all the franchise fees mm -hmm. like what 30 million per slot it's quite a lot um, but that leads us to the topics that we're going to talk about, which are Google Activision. Big new deal. Nike with another sponsorship deal, mm -hmm. trying to spread themselves overseas as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Ninja having a Fortnite skin, which yep. we saw coming, but could yeah. there be more to it? I don't know. Valkyrie and her new new, new signing again. Yeah, again. This is one of the biggest themes towards the end of last year of people just moving platforms everywhere and then a and, Fortnite, and then lastly a Fortnite high school coming college like a, league yeah like finally becoming an official thing yeah. for high school and college yeah. leagues so going into the first topic following what we just talked about the cdl google has now bought the rights to activision's streaming of the cdl correct mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not like a major like crossover it's more of just you're streaming on youtube gaming from now on is that, yeah. is that instead what it is? of twitch it's like an official deal the past two years uh twitch paid 90 million dollars to have the overwatch league rights mm -hmm. google paid way more and now they have the overwatch league rights the call of duty league rights and then the hearthstone series rights but is there, that, a, is there a number out there uh not from what i saw but that was just the the icing on the cake the real meat of this deal is that let me All guess, of, is it Stadia? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, partially. Essentially, now, all of Activision's web services, everything is going to live on Google's cloud. 
Mm. Um, so this will allow them to implement Google Cloud technology into their video games. And then also, Stadia gets exclusive access. I don't know if it's exclusive, but they get access to all of Activision's explain, titles. Explain Stadia for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So Stadia is basically Netflix for video games. It's Google's creation. In our previous podcasts, we talked about how Stadia was hyped. We talked about the launch. And then when it came out, talked about how abysmal the tech is. And yeah. it's very sputter, like stuttery, even at the recommended speed that they suggest. Yeah. You need like super fast internet. And, and even then, your PC it's not good. run like decently. Yeah. And so... This is special in two ways. The first way is the fact that now Activision games have access to extremely powerful cloud technology. In the past two or three E3s, Microsoft has been uh, touting their cloud technology because basically what they're saying is now we can make extremely powerful games and we don't need to make extremely powerful consoles anymore because all that processing power is gonna happen in a server farm somewhere else, and then it's gonna get reflected onto your game. Yep. So, like, they were showing that with uh, Microsoft's cloud system, they can destroy a whole city in Crackdown 3 with a simple Xbox, right? And so, now, Activision has the ability to do that with their games. Mm -hmm. And so, if you also recall, we were talking about the streaming wars, right? Google has a streaming platform called Stadia. Microsoft has Xbox Game Pass. Uh, PlayStation has PlayStation Now. Uh, am I forgetting anything? NVIDIA. Yeah, NVIDIA GeForce. has Game Shield. Yeah. So if you think about it, the way you win the streaming wars is through content. Who has the best content? Oh, EA has one as well. Mm -hmm. Well, Google just nabbed like top three gaming content publishers in the industry. The mm -hmm. other two are like Microsoft and Sony, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now Google has become, has got a content catalog that's fucking stellar. So they've really upped their ante in this space. And so if you're Microsoft, you're scared on two levels. One on the cloud processing, and then two on the streaming war front. Mm -hmm. And Google just got both of those. Yeah. No, Crazy. It's, it's big plays. It sounds like just one small play, but it's a pretty much, it's pretty much a chess move. Huge they're, chess move. They're just, I'm assuming that that streaming rights deal was just a side product that they added to the contract to maximize their their efficiency of that like their of deal. They probably it was knew. never the it was never the end goal. They knew like yo, yeah. this is a great time for us to come in because the Overwatch League is going to shit, the Call of Duty League is gonna go to shit. So let's go in there and say, hey, we'll give you guys some money so that you don't look bad to your investors. But we want this. Mm -hmm. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Again, <clears throat> like it's a it's an entire war out there like we'll talk about the streamer that has moved platforms later yeah that we mentioned earlier all these different platforms are trying to really grow the catalog of either streamers or games or content really trying to optimize themselves so that they're the ones who are the best in gaming and we're going to see a lot of people coming into the space too it's great for us i'm waiting for apple to get into the space with some sort of tech i don't know what it could be but i'm just waiting for that i think apple understands that they should just own the mobile market i know yeah because that's a huge market that no one's paying like apple to. arcade yeah they're probably making it i don't know what that those numbers look like but just assuming that everyone has a fucking iphone think about it everyone has apple arcade yeah think about know. it they can play nice with every publisher too yeah like they're playing nice with epic games all the fortnite shit right mm -hmm. they're playing nice with activision call of duty mobile yeah. they then become they're like they're doing what everyone's trying to do right now in the stream wars. They're building that home base. So when everyone tries to come to mobile, they can only go through Apple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is super fun to see where it's gonna go. Yeah. I'm really excited. All right, next huge deal, Nike. Mm -hmm. Signs with T1. T1 is a- Big South Korean esports team. Yep, yep. 
Massive. Um, a Sunny is on T1, right? Yes. Sunny, our friend, um, Valkyrie's boyfriend. Yeah. Or, or he's a World of Warcraft streamer who was recently banned for sharing accounts. <laughs> uh, so he hasn't produced content in a while. Uh, bodybuilder, all that stuff. He, he, he does it all. Yeah. <laughs> and, Dope guy. Um, yeah, he's part of T1, but and I feel like they could definitely do a nike t1 thing with sunny who's probably like their most jacked like actual esports athlete yeah here's <laughs> here's the thing so that the nike deal is in for the south korean division of t1 yeah um because t1 usa is like a joint deal with comcast mm-hmm. so it's two different orgs oh, i feel like really well they have the same parent org but yeah, it's run yeah. by two different groups gotcha kind of yeah um staff i mean so in korea um they partnered with nike korea mm-hmm. so that's another thing too just like the nike korea teamed up with the korea esports team mm. so it's not like the parent nike did the deal and now the parent nike is gonna go gotcha you know so that that's the little separation it's mm. regional the mm. deal right in the same way that like we talked to nike, nike la, LA but yeah. we'd have no pool in nike south korea <laughs> well yeah true but i would say on the parent level there's something there yeah right so the deal is that obviously they make their apparel with T1, and this isn't the first uh, esports team that Nike has worked with. They also work with uh, two Chinese teams, I believe. I think SK Gaming was also. Okay. Yeah. So not the first deal. Again, trending theme here, though, is that they're all League of Legends teams because League of Legends is the most established and well understood. And they're also, what's different about this deal is that they're doing a training facility. Yeah. yeah. So Nike is creating a training facility for the team to be at, and then they're creating training programs for the gamers. Yeah, they really want to see, in in the quote from the South Korean Nike marketing exec, um, how like physicality and athleticism can improve gaming and like seeing the crossover of that. Yeah. Because there are some pretty jack gamers who are pretty good. I'm only assuming that mental health is also very directly tied to physical health. So being proud of your body image and being able to optimize at a high level physically will allow you to play better. And given that your mind is running at like 300 actions per second in most games, you're got, you got to be at a very optimal level. You can't have like any diseases or anything slowing you down or your mental down. So I'm definitely thinking that they're on the right track there. And it's going to be really cool. And I hope to see one day that the entire stage is filled with jacked gamers. <laughs> like they're just bodybuilders that go up there. Yeah. Just... What a lot of these sports brands ask us is what's what separates the best gamers is it physical and if so how do we improve that because for them what they're afraid of is alienating their previous fan base of sports people mm-hmm. by going into esports yeah. but if they can tell a story of how esports is physical and we're helping improve that then it's easier for them to get into the space yeah yeah um and i, I completely agree with that i think that's yeah. the route yeah it makes sense it makes complete sense so kind of on the apparel topic but technically not really physical apparel but digital apparel Ooh, i like this transition yeah thank you this is a uh, not necessarily breaking news because this happened a, a while ago but we were transitioning between seasons the ninja skin um i think obviously everyone knows ninja got a skin in fortnite which is awesome it's great and you know we were wondering when the hell this thing was going to happen but i think what the reason that we're bringing this topic up is because um, we want to provide our perspective on it. Mm-hmm. The perspective is obviously, okay, like this opens up the gates to a lot of new skin ideas and content things that Fortnite can pull off with their different creators. One of them being the TikTok deal that they did, um, where like if you do a dance on TikTok, it could get immortalized into yeah. the game, which is huge. Pokemon did it. In right. The Fever Chop- yeah. Pokemon and um, what's the name of that the guy uh he was a singer and now he's like super into gaming now oh 
what's his name? He's like, friends with Courage and everyone. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Regardless. You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, or you don't, and we're no. being bad at our podcast. God you Google damn. it, I'll continue. Uh, it starts with a J. Anyway, so, like... I don't know how to Google to find that. <laughs> you just type in... <laughs> <laughs> just Google J, it'll show up, dude, I promise. J, you guys hear me clicking. Um... You made me lose my train of thought, but basically what I was trying to say is that this opens up a lot of new revenue opportunities, um, but it makes me wonder why Fortnite decided Jordan to do it Fisher. now. Jordan Fisher. Jordan Fisher. Fuck. See, I told you, bro. I, I searched J Fortnite singer. <laughs> and it worked? <laughs> it worked. I told you. I told you. Second, third link is Jordan Fisher. Jordan Fisher. People don't just do things randomly. Like, Fortnite didn't just decide, okay, now we're going to do the Icon series. There's a reason. And I think the reason is because they need to keep making a shit ton of money and not as many people are playing Fortnite. that's just a matter of fact yeah you know it's everyone has they're relying they're getting back to the og marketing roots of influencer marketing yes when you use influencer marketing you're just trying to tag along from their fan bases to just hack your growth and obviously it it could work for them but think about it they released the creator code thing when Mm -hmm. apex came out yeah there's a there's a, a method to their madness, right? They're not just releasing shit because it would be cool. Yeah. They have so many things they could release that are cool, but they're doing it at the right times to make sure that this thing lasts forever, like a yeah. good product manager should, right? Yeah. So I think the next thing that they're gonna, I, not maybe it's not the next thing, but I think eventually what they're gonna, if they gets to the point that they're desperate for cash, they're gonna introduce like, a sort of marketplace where you can buy and sell skins. I like that. Right? I think for they're now, already doing like gifting. For now, they're just going to probably just ride on this because it's called Icon for, Series. Yeah, Are you talking g- about this? Yo, it's called the Icon Series. Yeah, so, so they're going to do more. They're going to do a lot more. They're yeah. probably going to partner with a ton of these streamers. I'm sure they're getting like an X percentage of all the sales. Ninja's skin was $15. Really? Um, I mean, it's not the rarest. I think the most expensive is two k or like 2000 so $20. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I think there was like some pretty mixed feedback on the ninja skin i don't know like as usual yeah the guys breaking barriers and then people just hate on him for no reason yeah. look if you hate on ninja you, like i literally don't understand you he is making everyone's lives better he is breaking barriers he is improving the esports space on his own back bro like do you realize how difficult it is to take leaps like that mm-hmm. and be successful at those leaps yeah that's difficult and yeah. scary so hats off to him. Oh yeah. Also another addition to Ninja. Now that we're talking about him, he again he moved to Mixer from Twitch, which mm-hmm. was the first of like we said the war between streamers and platforms right. moving. He was the first one, and there was another recent report because everyone was throwing numbers out there, like a hundred mil people. Oh all yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Like everyone's throwing numbers everywhere, but the, the most recent report I think that came out on Business Insider. There was like Ninja nor Microsoft has like actually spoken up about it, but one of his previous talent management said that it was around twenty to thirty million dollars. I think I said this too when we talked about like if we had to guess what the deal was, we said like a range of twenty to forty. Forty being like insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just calculated based on like what his salary was the previous year, which mm. was like twelve mil, and just thinking like just random number. Yeah, he yeah. he's pretty much. He pretty much got bought by a business. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, now he is Microsoft's like go-to marketing guy. Yeah, he, he was a startup and he got sold to <laughs> to Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. Like like a man. Yeah, it's great shit. And even more on the 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 streamer wars. Now that we're talking about it, Valkyrie recently moved. Mm. 
Valkyrie being the one of the top three, one of the top three Twitch streamers, female streamers, moved to Facebook gaming, which is pretty crazy. Cause I mean, people are moving. That was the last platform I expected. Wait, wait no, no, sorry, it's not Facebook. It's sorry, not I messed Facebook. Up. I messed it's YouTube. Up. It's YouTube. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. I was like, are you sure, bro? Because Courage. But I didn't want to correct yeah, you yeah, on sorry. the mic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Courage went to YouTube gaming as well. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Courage and Valkyrie being part of Hundred Thieves. I don't know if like they're doing it like some way like, well, together or if it's like I'll tell you my prediction. Yeah, Ryan Fwiz, mm-hmm. the head of uh, gaming and VR at YouTube. So his best friend is Nate Shot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Nate Shot yeah, yeah. tells him, "Hey, here's all the deals that we're getting." And Ryan's like, "All right, cool. I'll give you this deal. It might not be as much, but in the back end, we'll help you out in this way." Mm-hmm. Right. So there's some stuff going on, but. I'm skeptic. I'm always like looking at the other angle around, yeah. like what the deal could actually have been influenced mm-hmm. by, because I know that most yeah. deals aren't cut and dry. It's like I mean, we know loaded relationships. We know loaded was like part of the talent man. Loaded being the talent managers, um, well, they negotiated a deal for Courage, right? Yeah. And then Valkyrie yes. Ray being part of UTA mm-hmm. was probably negotiated by UTA. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're but, right. But, but you are right because Fwiz is like the middleman between like Nayshot and them. Mm-hmm. So when trying to convince them of like the long-term vision, he's yes. probably at the table trying to convince them of that yeah, as well. I yeah, that. and Nayshot runs their org, so it's easy for yeah. him to convince them. They all live yeah. together. Yeah. So from the numbers I heard from Valkyrie, again, all these are unofficial. Never, No one ever releases numbers. I don't know why. I mean, I kind of get it. I kind of understand why they don't want to put a price on themselves. Yeah, because they are a business, and when you put a price on a business, like if you put a price on our business, like we'd be happy to see it like super high. But when you put a price on a human being, no matter how high, you see that person as like that value, like their net worth, and that's kind of a little sus. Like people don't really like to portray themselves. In but that people light. still do that, even if yeah. you're business. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they look at the people who did the business. Yeah, but, but Valkyrie hers was apparently under a mil, so hmm. not the biggest of deals, given that she was like a top female streamer on twitch i would assume it'd be like upwards of 500k to a mil but i, I heard it wasn't a i heard it wasn't a mil i was thinking five max but you also have to think about how they value her mm-hmm. right like the way you value a startup is you use similar things to value a person or their streaming career right like how many subs she has how engaged her followers are across her platforms mm-hmm. how engaging her youtube content is like does she have a big youtube following yeah i think so so like everything, good thing about YouTube is everyone's already posting on YouTube. Like they record the Twitch vods and post on YouTube. Hers just go like immediately up there. Mm. Um, but like I, I tuned in on her first stream. Uh, the conversions were good. I don't know what they're at now. We tend to see again fewer dropping when you move platforms. Yeah. But like her concurrence were always like around like three k to five k. Yeah. So I feel like it won't drop that much. If I see it around one k, then I know it will. But I haven't really checked recently. Word. Word. But yeah, again, I, I'm assuming. Next week, we'll also be talking about another streamer moving. But I think that was the biggest one from our season one to season two break. And now let's go to our last topic of Play Fortnite being now kind of an official high school and college esport, pretty much. Yeah. From a startup called Play Versus, who mm-hmm. is now partnered with Epic Games to have like the first season of official Fortnite competition within certain high schools and colleges. Yes. And the reason they're partnered with Epic Games is because they're covering the entrance fee, I believe, for this first season. I think it is going to be somewhere like 60 something dollars or something like that. I don't know, but for most players or for all players, this first Epic season is covering the entrance Epic fee. Epic's covering the entrance fees, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you why. Why do you think now 
Epic is partnering with a bunch of people. Is it still on the topic of Epic being desperate? Yes, not not <laughs> desperate, but like they need to make sure that the platform lives as long as possible. Yeah. So that's why they're being way more open to collaborating with people. Oh, did you know Epic is also switching game engines for next season? When really? Next season, yeah. Like chapter three? No, no, no. Like literally, oh, this literally next, next season. season? Yeah. How, like from Unreal Engine to to what? I don't know. Like I think there's that's... no way you can overhaul like a whole game engine. I don't, I. I I don't. I could be wrong. Let me fact check myself. Yeah, real fact quick. check yourself, bro, because that's pretty absurd. <laughs> right, but it would right. make sense why they haven't released this like a, a season in a while. Um, but yeah, so Playverse has got that deal. They, I know they've been working on it for a long time. So hats off to them. Yes, they're, um, so they're sorry. They're updating Unreal Engine. So got it. Their physics engine runs on Unreal Engine. And they're now updating to what they call the Chaos Physics Engine with the eleven point five update. Hmm. So they're it's okay. going to be a big upgrade. Okay. It's not going to be on like. Cool. The old Unreal that we've loved to know. I've been enjoying Fortnite playing with you guys. Yeah. The switch back to controller is very helpful. Um, L2, baby. Yeah, but uh, I guess, we'll, yeah, L2, baby. Um, what I will say is that now they have a high school league. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're the only high school league out there, but they're the only ones that's official with, with Epic Games. With Epic Games, yeah. Um, and then I don't know how official their Call of Duty thing, or their college league is, um, because... Playverse has never had a college like install base of schools. They only had high schools that they were signing up. So I'll be curious to see how that play, plays out as well. Um, but other than that, that's got to be tough for all the other college and high school programs out there that are trying to build high school and college esports. Yeah. Do you think this is going to like monopolize all the people that are trying to do it themselves? Like Obviously, they're still allowed to do it, that's but what it I won't really wondered. get the, the attention. That's right? what I always wondered about Playverse's. Is like, is it fair that they have that charter with the high school? It's because they have exclusive deals with all these high schools. So like, if you're in a, if they are partnered with the high school, then no well, other esports teams like leagues could exist in that. They high don't school. have. They don't have a deal with the high schools. They have a deal with the high school organization. Like like those NCAA's of them. Yeah, the like they have the official charter for esports mm -hmm. across all of the high schools. I don't know if that's how long that lasts um but it seems pretty unfair but it doesn't but historically it doesn't seem to matter because the ncaa has been the ncaa right yeah you know no one has tried to break them up so i don't know we'll see um the only thing if if that's true and it's indefinite the only things that could happen are um play versus uh makes mistakes or their team is not a good team they don't operate properly and the thing crumbles um yeah or someone creates a better platform and then they show that they shouldn't use play versus. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about play versus. We talk about it a couple times in this podcast, but there's only there's only an announcement, and given that they're partnering with Epic Games, I can only see good things moving forward for them. So yeah, congrats to them. That's a good sign for the rest of the industry, though, because that means that you can get deals with Epic now. We love to see small esports startups popping off like this. Yeah, it just brings light to the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Always always inspiring. Big possibilities. Yeah. Twenty twenty vision. Mamba mentality. Yeah. And that ends our podcast. Yeah. That ends our podcast. Mamba mentality moving forward. Russ and I have been whole decade in the works, just grinding on the backside of things. This will be again the weekly podcast. We'll get back to it. Next week we are going to New York, but you'll still have a podcast up on Wednesday. So watch out for that. We're back, baby. We're, We're back. back. Season two. I baby. miss this. I miss this. I miss this too. Love you guys. Love you too. Peace. Peace.